Hello everyone, my name is Belent and welcome back to the Hoka Talk podcast, a weekly podcast series on both YouTube and Spotify. Thank you all, first of all, for all the love shown on last week's episode, which was about relationships with my good friend Eli. A link will be in the description below if you did miss it, and uh, it's not the end of the world if you have, because... Uh, it's not going anywhere. If you want to uh, make sure you never miss another episode of Poker Talk, uh, if it doesn't appear in your sub box, then click the uh, bell on the video and uh, you'll always get a notification then whenever I upload. So, racism. If I asked you to define racism, how would you define it? Now, I have two definitions here that I wanted to share with you. Uh, I was just having a look um, on the internet earlier as I was making some notes uh, before, obviously, recording now. And, uh, yeah, I'm just going to share them with you. So, racism is defined as prejudice, discrimination, or antagonism by an individual, community, or institution against a person or people on the basis of their membership of a particular racial or ethnic group, typically one that is a minority or marginalized. Now, I know that was a bit of a mouthful, but that is one definition. And, uh, yeah, I agree with that. That is pretty much what racism is, one of the ways of putting it anyway. And the other that I found, the belief that different races possess distinct characteristics, abilities, or qualities, especially so as to distinguish them as inferior or superior to one another. And that's key. Uh, that's, I think, a lot of what racism is about and, uh, you know, what it means people thinking they're inferior or superior to others just because, you know, they're white or you know, they're black, for example. More so the former rather than the latter. Now, I wanted to mention a, po a uh, not a podcast series. Uh, I'm doing a podcast series right now, but this uh, isn't a podcast series I'm going to mention now. It's available on Sky Documentaries. It's called uh, Exterminate All the Brutes, I believe, or Exterminate the Brutes. And it's directed by Raoul Peck, who I believe is from Haiti. Uh, in um, South America, I think it's in South America, in, in the Caribbean, I believe, or one of the countries in the Caribbean, not that that matters. It only has a 6.7 out of 10 rating on IMDb, which, you know, fair enough, everyone's different, and we've all got our different likes and tastes and so on, but I thought, um, I watched it with my father, it sh should have definitely been higher than that, and I'd watch it again, and I highly recommend uh, you giving that a listen to if you're uh, looking for a four-part documentary to g give a watch, it's only an hour long, maybe even less than that when you take away the breaks and his voice uh, Raoul Paxton the narrator and obviously the director as well is just so passionate if that's the right word to use you can tell how he feels the way he's describing uh, you know what uh, he talks about in the uh, documentary series so it's definitely worth uh, a uh, uh, listen to yeah uh, I'm just trying to think of the word that come to my mind. Uh, that's, I mean, that's what happens when it's unedited, to an extent, because now there's an intro and outro that I'm uh, obviously putting in at the beginning and end of the video, but uh, we move. So, Ral Pex, Exterminate the Brutes, definitely worth a watch, and uh, I thought it was a good idea to, I guess, plug that. Not that, obviously, Ral's probably listening, but yeah, uh, it tied in well with what I wanted to talk about today. So I was going to draw on my experience of racism to begin with. Now, I'm fortunate in that I won't ever have it as bad as some people have. And I am lucky in that sense. But a lot of the racism that I faced um, was when I was going through school. And I was actually told by someone, I think this was in secondary school now. And I'm not going to mention any names because you know, I'm not here to do that. Uh, they might even be listening. I don't know. If you are, then thanks, I guess. Uh, you're only here... This is what someone told me. Because the education system in Turkey is rubbish. Now, obviously, I've mentioned before, my dad's from Turkey, but I was born in Kefili in Wales. And granted, okay, the education system in Turkey could be better, but 
I was born in Wales, and you know I've lived in Wales all my life, and uh, you know I guess long long may that continue. But yeah, I was told that before, and um, my mother was told before. This was obviously before um, I went to secondary school and whatever. You know, are you sure you should call your son Balenz Padilla? You know, Balenz. Uh, you could probably imagine and other ways you could you could say that. Um, I'm not going to obviously mention it here. Actually, you know what? We will. Um, Bellend is one of them. Names that I've uh, been called before, which obviously isn't that nice, but uh, it is what it is. You know, for me now, as I've got older, it's a case of water under the bridge. And, you know, I'll get into why people say these things and so on later in the podcast. And uh, my reason behind why I think that. But yeah, as a, you know, uh, someone who's 21 now turning 22 later this year, it is what it is. You know, that's that's people's mentality. And uh, if that's how you, you want to be, then fair enough. Uh, it's just ignorance, really, isn't it? But anyway, yeah, someone said that to her before. Um, and I was actually in uni uh, with someone in the second year. Um, we were we obviously living on the same floor when I was still living with other people. Uh, I had a studio flat in my final year so I could concentrate on my dissertation and so on. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that, but uh, that's not what the point I'm trying to make is. And he changed his name because he was from, uh, you know, abroad. I won't say where, obviously, because I don't want to reveal too much about him or mention his name because that's not what I'm about. And he actually changed his name to a British name. And, like, I felt like saying, I don't know if this is the right word, but, like, are you ashamed of you know, your name? I think he said the same thing to me as well. Like, you know, you know your name's Belenz Badia. You sure you want to keep that? Or you want to change it to, like, a more British name? But that's something that's never crossed my mind before. I'm, I'm proud that my name is Belenz Badia and, you know, my son is Badia because, um, yeah, I'm just, just proud to have it. So, yeah, I just felt like thinking to myself, you know, are you ashamed to have that name? And is that what prompted you then to obviously change it to a more British one? Um, the first name, anyway, I know he changed. I don't know about the surname, but yeah. Um, interesting. I, I I don't know if people can relate to that and if people have done that. But um, yeah, that's just a thought that popped into my mind and something I wanted to mention too. Because there's not really two ways about it. I think racism is a disease. And it's a disease that's passed down through generations, I think. Um, you know, let's say your grandfather's racist, then that kind of passes down to your father, then passes down to you. But you can change that. You can decide not to be like that and be different. And I've always said before, different is good. And you should try and be different rather than follow, I guess, a bandwagon. If you, you know, the mentality of, well, people in my family have been racist before, so I should just be like them, um, which isn't the case. But yeah, I just wanted to draw a little on my own experience of it before. And I was in a maths lesson. I think this is the last point I'll make before I uh, talk about other things to do with racism. Later in the podcast, I was in a maths lesson before, and the guy just came up to me. We had a supply that day, which is probably why he uh, he did. I don't think he would have if we uh, had, obviously, our usual teacher. And just came up to me and just screamed in my face that I'm an immigrant. And, yeah, I think we must have been only, like, 13 or 14 at the time. And for someone that age to come to me and say that. Now, I don't entirely blame them, and this is a point I wanted to make as well, on top of the point I'm already making. you got to blame the parents. That's why I said it passes down for generations. When you're that when you're that age, you should really know what an immigrant means and so on. I don't really like the term either immigrants, but that's for a whole other uh, podcast or episode, I guess. Um, but yeah, he just came up to me and said that, and yeah, I don't know why, but uh, again, there we are. It is what it is. 
I haven't seen them since, and uh, rather be, be uh, kept that way. But today, obviously, at the time of yeah, listening to this, it is May the 25th, and it does mark a year uh, since George Floyd's death. Now, this was all over the news, and I'm sure that everyone knows what happens um, on that horrible day in the U.S. state of, uh, is it Minneapolis? I don't think it's Minnesota, no, I think it's Minneapolis, where, obviously, the police officer, Derek Chauvin, kneeled on George Floyd's neck for almost nine minutes. I think it was eight minutes and 46 seconds, and obviously resulted in uh, Floyd's death, which really caused a surge in all the, you know, the Black Lives Matter protests and... Yeah, obviously today marks a year since his death, and I can't believe it's been a year already. I really feel for his children. I think he's got five of them, um, especially his six-year-old daughter, uh, is it Gianna or Gianna, however it's pronounced. Uh, she now has to grow up without a father, and you know she's only six. You know, at that age, you need a father figure. You know, and I, I feel for uh, his wife as well if they were together. Um, well, you know, the, the daughter's mother. You know, having to raise uh, her, you know, that six-year-old without the help of the father. And one thing I couldn't get my head around, and this was in the news uh, like two to three weeks ago, Derek Chauvin wants a retrial. Now, I'm sorry, the way I see it, and you, you can uh, disagree with me, disagree with me, it's entirely up to you, but I don't think he should ever see the light of day ever again. Uh, I think since what happened happened, he, his wife has left him, and well, he's pretty much a nobody now, and uh, good. You know, it should be like that. He's due to be sentenced now on June 16th and could face up to 40 years in prison. Meaning that, realistically, if he's still alive at the time, I think he'll be in his late 80s or, you know, early 90s. Um, yeah, he shouldn't see the light of day again. Should I go as far as saying, you know, should be on death row, getting a chair? Well, obviously Floyd's family would definitely argue yes. But, um... The final remark made by the prosecutor, Jerry Blackwell, on the uh, day of the trial, or I think it was obviously multiple days, wasn't it? Um, so everyone can put a te- you know, testimonies and so on. And I think that's what it's called anyway, or testify uh, for and against uh, Chauvin. Yeah, um, George Floyd is dead, and this is what he said, Jerry Blackwell, or she said. Uh, I don't know if it's a real thing, it doesn't really matter, that doesn't. George Floyd is dead because Mr. Chauvin's heart was too small. Now, obviously, Floyd was arrested, supposedly, for having a counterfeit or fake uh, 10 or $20 bill. It doesn't matter how much it was. And uh, that obviously prompted them what happened to happen. But, yeah, um, that's just the way I feel about it. I don't think he should have a retrial. He doesn't deserve a retrial, obviously, if he did. then you know, So, yeah, he, he does. But I don't know what case you can make for yourself. You, he, you know, he lands on Floyd's neck for almost nine minutes and that's what caused him to die not because of you know he was on any drugs or whatever which i think that was raised in the trial um from chauvin's side but uh you know he died because you know he was kneeling on his neck for all that time so yeah um hopefully uh, he never sees the light of day again I mean, I I personally think that 40 years is too lenient. And I'm sure a lot of people listening to this and uh, all around the world will feel uh, the same as I do about that. And again, it comes down to that definition I said at the beginning. The belief that different races possess distinct characteristics, abilities or qualities, especially so as to distinguish them or inferior or superior to one another. And clearly that day, Chauvin thought, well, I'm inferior. uh, Sorry, not inferior. I'm superior to you. Because I'm white. And I think a lot of people, uh, white people especially, do still have that. 
mentality, even in 2021. I can only imagine, you know, people like Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, they'd be turning in their graves if they knew what was still happening now. And at the end of the video, you will see a list of, well, the podcast technically is a video on YouTube, of all the black Americans, or some of them at least, not all of them. Um, there'd be way too many to put in one um, whole segment or part of the video that had been killed by police officers in the US. And from my own experience, again, well, not all my own experience, but is in my family. So when my, when my dad was in the army, uh, he was speaking Kurdish on the phone to his mother back home obviously he wasn't home he had to go away for the army um and they didn't allow him to now, this is happening in turkey as well so not just black lives matter kurdish lives matter especially and they said to him look you can only speak english or turkish and if you continue to speak in kurdish then we're going to cut the line and that's what they did they weren't allowing him to speak in his mother tongue to his mother and you know my grandmother can't exactly speak turkish and that was heartbreaking you know the fact that they did that and that's still going on to Kurds in Turkey today you know being forced to learn Turkish and go to school and not learn their mother tongue learn Turkish instead yeah um it's not not good in Turkey it's not and I do feel for Kurds there who are outspoken and you know even if then you go and speak your mind you'll just get thrown in jail because that's what happens and the head of her party leader Salatin Demirtas the People's Democratic Party I think translates to in English was thrown into jail I think now he might be released but uh, you speak your mind and even if you're right that's just how it is uh, and one thing he's asked a lot my dad is um, you know when he picks people up uh, in, in his taxi uh, he's a taxi driver obviously uh, you would, would have got there um, like where are you from drive and he will say to them you know Philly uh, like where he lives and a lot of the time people say well no we mean originally and there's like there's a way you can ask that question without sounding like that you can say for example if you don't mind me asking you know, I've noticed that you know your name is Belen so your name is Murat whatever out of curiosity whereabouts are you from because, you know, it's not a Welsh name, is it? And um, I don't know why I keep going to say obviously all the time. So if you answer, ask it that way, that's much more pleasant, isn't it? Rather than saying, well, no, originally. Just be pleasant and say, well, if you don't mind me asking. Uh, because I was asked that in work, actually, um, on the weekend. Uh, There's a Free Palestine protest going on. And, uh, you know, the woman said to me, you know, your complexion is a bit darker than what I normally see in uh, Ponza Freva. Can I just ask out of curiosity, if you don't mind, uh, whereabouts are you from? And so on. And, you know, that was nice. I like to be asked that way. Um, rather than, you know, like I said, no originally like that. I think that's just a bit ignorant, really, isn't it, if you ask that way. Back to Black Eyes Matter. It doesn't mean... Well, when people say Black Lives Matter, it doesn't mean only Black Lives Matter. Uh, and people need to realise this. Obviously, all lives matter, but now, specifically now, Black Lives Matter more than uh, any any other time. You know, you wouldn't see a black police officer pull over a white man and flip flip the roles. George Floyd leaning on D Derek Chauvin's neck. You don't hear of that happening. So. People need to realise, yes, all lives matter, do matter, but right now, black lives matter more. And I don't think it's fair either to, to, 
tar all police officers with the same brush. Not every police officer in the world will be like Derek Chauvin or the other officers that were there that day, and all of them. Um, even the others that were just standing there, obviously, only he, only Derek Chauvin uh, was kneeling on his uh, neck, Floyd's neck, trying to see the light of day again. But not all of them are like that. Some officers do serve and protect like they should, so it's not fair for people to tar them all with the same brush, because I know, obviously, I think that's all what some people are saying, all, all police officers, all cops are pigs. Well, you know, that's not true. Some, like I said, do serve and protect, and I think it's important to realise that. But it is also important to realise that all lives do matter, and people who say Black Lives Matter aren't being ignorant to other, you know, like white lives and so on, Asian lives. They do, but right now, it's Black Lives Matter, or more so than anything else. And I think if you're not ignorant and you realise, you will know that what I'm saying is right. And I know everyone's got their own opinion, but that's just my opinion. And if you ha- if you think differently, then by all means, comment on the video or message me privately. We could talk it out. You know, I'm always interested in what, to hearing what other people think. But yeah, uh, that's that's one point I wanted to make. Now I want to talk about football now. Uh, on June 17, 2020, as part of Project Restart last year, uh, the Premier League and uh, I think other leagues, like you know the Championship League 1 and League 2, the players started taking the knee before the game kicked off, so the referee would blow his uh, whistle once, or her whistle once, you know, the Women's Super League, um, and the players would take a knee. And then the second whistle would uh, signal the start of the game. So, I, w- I mentioned in this because some fans have been booing uh, when fans were allowed to start Project Restart in the Premier League to go back to games, and even in the Championship too, I think Aston Villa fans um, recently against their game against Chelsea, the final day of the season, uh, were booing as some uh, uh, well, as the, the players took the knee. So not some players, all of them did, obviously. Uh, but the fans that were there at Villa Park that day, the ones that obviously weren't booing, clapped louder and made sure that they were heard more than the people that were booing. And I know Millwall fans against Derby did uh, last uh, season, I believe, and. Basically, that is a sign for me, again, of ignorance. And what we have to do is educate ourselves. If we educate ourselves, then you know people won't. You know, for example, ask my dad. Well, no, originally like that. You you realize people are going to be. You know, there are people that are black. There are people that are Asian. There are people that aren't from uh, the country that you're in and where you're from. And you have to accept that. And you know, it's 2021. You should be accepting it by now. And then if you don't, well, bottom line is, if you don't like it, well, I don't care. You're ignorance. Because um, my ex and I, when we were in London, and this is London now, you know, one of the most diverse cities in the UK and maybe even in the world, I guess. We were on a tube going someplace, not in a matter's way, but um, there was a woman sat across from us and she had a, you know, her head on my shoulder and I think we were just closing her eyes for a bit and the way she was looking at us was like, why are you two like sat together? Because obviously she was from Angola, she was black and uh, I'm obviously m- much lighter than that and the way she was looking at us was like, if looks could kill... And I'm like saying, what's your problem? At the time, I, I didn't cross my mind. But if I was in that situation again, I feel like I would say, have you got anything to say? Because clearly she did have some sort of problem um, with her head on my shoulder and her and I being together. I don't know. But that's another point I wanted to make. Back to the Premier League now. And obviously the players taking the knee. The first player to refuse to take the knee in the Premier League... If you've been watching, if you watch football, as I'm sure you all know, is Crystal Palace's Wilfred Zaha, the Ivorian. And he said himself, and I quote, um, I feel like taking a knee is de- uh, degrading. And I agree, and I see where he's coming from. It's easy to take a knee, isn't it? Anyone can take the knee. But 
that's just all talk, isn't it? All talk but no action. You know, you have to go one step further. Just taking the knee isn't going to solve the problems that are in the world right now. And I'm going to talk more about that uh, in a moment. So I, I'm with Zaha. So when, when a whistle gets blown, all the other players take the knee. Zaha stands up. Zaha, Zaha just stands there, stands tall. And like he said, he feels like taking a knee for him is degrading. And... I respect that, and I respect the bravery, I, I guess, of him coming out and uh, saying that and deciding to do that. So fair play to uh, Zaha. I mean, he's probably not going to be listening, but uh, yeah, if you are, uh, Wilfred, you know, I respect that, and well done to you. Um, uh, from the April 30th to May the 3rd, all, you know... Um, teams in you know, the Premier League, Championship League 1 and League 2 and so on, took part in a social media boycott, so they didn't post anything on Facebook, Instagram or whatever, on YouTube for you know those number of days but my thoughts on it are did it work? Will a boycott stop racism? And unfortunately and I, I didn't want to be saying this but the answer is no, I, it won't because often whenever a black player makes a mistake in a game uh you know, I think it's happens a lot to Chelsea players in particular, and I'm not surprised because some Chelsea fans are do have that mentality. They're going to get racially abused on social media, and uh, social media platforms like Facebook and Instagram—they're just not doing enough to combat it and do anything about it. And I'm sure anyone listening will agree with me. Um, you know, you can say, "Oh, well, we'll deal with it," and so on, but anyone can say that. You actually have to then go about and do something. And again. That's how I feel about players taking the knee. If that's all you're going to do, and the social media boycott, well, what's the point? All talk and no action. And, uh, yeah, that's how I feel about that. Um, so the social media boycott, did it work? I mean, I, I, I see what, what the um, idea was and plan behind it, but I don't know. Will a boycott stop racism? Unfortunately not, I don't think. So, yeah. I wanted to share some quotes about racism that I think are perfect for this um, topic that uh, I'm talking about and a a good way to begin to wrap up the end of the podcast. So I will obviously read the quote out and then say who it's by. The first one is by, um, well, I'm just going to do the other way now, so whatever, is by one of my favourite authors uh, who sadly now passed away, but uh, Maya Angelou, a rest in peace to her. I think she was at um, Barack Obama's inauguration what was it, like 2008 or whenever it was now? A long time ago. But yeah, I say that. Not entirely, but you know what I mean. Prejudice is a burden that confuses the past, threatens the future, and renders the present inaccessible. And I couldn't agree more. It confused the past. It's threatening the future. Because, you know, if, if you're a black man in particular, or a black woman, you're pulled over in the US, you know, especially... It's best to just keep your hands on the wheel. If you go to move your hands, then... I mean, I've watched a film about it. I think it's the hate you give. And in the film, the guy goes to move his hand, and in the end, he gets shot. Um, yeah, it is scary, it is. And it does threaten the future, like uh, Angelou said. And it renders the present inaccessible. It's not an easy time in the world to uh, you know, be a person of colour. It's not... So I 100% agree with that, and obviously I agree with all of these quotes, that's why I decided to include them in the podcast. The second one is by Rosa Parks, who was obviously um, one of the key figures behind the Montgomery bus boycott in Alabama in maybe the, was it the 40s or 50s, I should remember because I did a history module in my final year of uni. Um, but yeah, Rosa Parks, 
to bring about change, you must not be afraid to take the first step. We will fail when we fail to try. And what I take from that is, if, is it's what I've been talking about earlier. If you, if you don't do anything, and if you keep silence, we're not going to get anywhere. This won't uh, have any impact if we just stay silent. So my dad always makes comments on Facebook and so on about the government. And for a time being, I would say, well, be careful what you're saying, you know, it's better to be silent so you don't get in trouble when we go there and so on. But I, you know, it's good. It's good the word that he's doing in there. I've I've come to the realization that it, that it is. So again, he's you know you're bringing about change. You, you shouldn't be afraid to take the first step because you will fail if you fail to try. So you have to be the one to stand up and say something and do something. So in the case of Wilfred Zaha deciding uh, not to take me any because he thinks it's degrading. That is him, you know, bringing about change his way. And like I said, I respect what he's doing. And good for him. A man who stands for nothing will fall for anything. And if you don't know who said that, then I'm about to tell you. Here's Malcolm X, another one who was obviously fatally assassinated, just like Martin Luther King Jr. was. Um, and we'll go into why, because, you know, I'm sure everyone knows why what, what happened to Malcolm X and what Martin Luther King happened. Uh yeah, and man, if you don't stand for anything, you will fall for anything. You have to stand for something, and you know I, I'm I'm pushing, I'm hoping that Apple and so on, Android, and the Kurdish flag emoji, the Kurdistan flag emoji, so I can have that on my Instagram bio. Uh, and I'm signing, I've been signing petitions and everything for it because you know Kurdistan will, and I'm 100% certain of this one day be an independent country, and I can't wait for the day um, that that comes true and that dream becomes a reality for all Kurds uh, worldwide because it's time uh, for Kurdistan to become an independent country and just like Kosovo and I was really pleased when Kosovo got their independence independent independent independence I should be able to say that word um, from uh, Serbia I think in 2008 it was so yeah a man who stands for nothing will fall for anything and uh, wise words and uh, like I said if Malcolm X and Martin Luther King knew what was going on now you can almost guarantee they'd be turning in their grave um, so those are some quotes that I wanted to share with you so I just wanted to end this really by asking you the listeners the viewers how would you define racism what does racism mean to you and if I can get some feedback on this in the comment section below, I'd really appreciate that I remember those obviously two definitions I shared at the beginning Prejudice, discrimination, or antagonism. Antagonizing someone by an individual, community, or institution against a person or people on the basis of their membership of a particular racial or ethnic group, typically one that is a minority or marginalized. So, black people, Asian people, Muslim people, the Kurds. It's going on everywhere. In, in China, I think it's in, in Urumqi. They're minority, they're being marginalized. By individuals, communities, institutions, and the belief that different races possess distinct characteristics, abilities, or qualities, especially so as to distinguish them as inferior or superior to one another. And Raoul Peck's Exterminated Brutes documentary, the four part documentary on Sky Documentaries, or wherever else you want to watch it, um, explains this so much better than I can. It is so worth you listening to, and it will be um, completely worth your time. Yeah, um, you're thinking that because you're white, you're superior to everyone else. Uh, and obviously that is why there is such a thing as white supremacy. 
and thinking that you know black people because they're black are like animals just the fact that this is still an issue in 2021 is abysmal it's horrific it's shocking i mean there's not enough words in any language in the world to describe it and uh someone who can draw on their own experiences of racism yeah i just thought that this would be a perfect podcast to make uh, just by myself so because uh, i can really relate to it and share my own um feelings about it and so on so that will be an end, an end to that now if you obviously want to come on yourself and talk about anything by all means let me know message me on messenger facebook or not facebook because you have to message on messenger instagram snapchat um, and just come on and talk about it uh, comment on the video uh, share with your friends your family uh, thank you obviously for 16 subscribers already I didn't expect that uh, this soon it means a lot and um, if you have any other ways that I can improve on this or uh, just any kind words by all means let me know I really enjoy making them and like I said I'm glad I finally plunked up the courage to finally go and uh, buy myself a microphone and start making these uh, podcast episodes so yeah, like I said, I will end um, on the, the point I wanted to make, again, that I've already made, and should emphasize it further. Black Lives Matter doesn't mean only Black Lives Matter, and people need to realize this. It means that right now, Black Lives Matter do matter more, but all lives matter still do matter. White, Asian, so on, Latino, whatever. They all do. And... Yeah, if I found anyone by making this, and I'm sure I am, because it's always a touchy subject to talk about. It is what it is. Uh, I don't really care. And, uh, yeah, that uh, will pretty much wrap it up. Thank you for listening, if you're still here. Uh, drop a like on a video, share it with your friends and so on. Hope Talk will be back next week. I'm hoping to get a guest on. Like I said, the issue of that always is trying to find uh, time around people's schedules, and I work as well. Um, but hopefully I can get someone on. Uh, if you enjoy like, the, the intro and outro music, then by all means let me know about that too. Otherwise, I can change it up. I'm always looking to change it up and uh, just to keep things fresh. But that will do for now. Hoka Talk, uh, the episode six of this podcast series, will be up on both YouTube and Spotify, obviously, like this one will. A link will be in the description below to the episode on Spotify if you'd rather listen to it on Spotify as well. But for now, that will do. My name is Bean Balent. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening if you're still here. And I will see you very soon. And take care. And uh, again, happy birthday to my mother, and I hope that um, having the best day possible because you absolutely deserve it, and then some. See you, everyone, and uh, stay safe.